And you know what? I, I sweat a lot in my sleep, you know? You ever sweat in your sleep? Yes, I do. Uh, Steve, how do you feel about that's this? That's a great point, Mike. Keep talking. You're full of wisdom. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to transition into Mr. Tambourine Man because he makes him sleepy. But <laughs> you know, Mike, I really appreciate you uh, trying your hardest to work in a transition because I know typically Nick or I are trying to do that like with you, and we make fun of you because you never get it. So I'm glad that you took initiative and and tried to try to do that. This hey, time. thanks, Steve. I, I feel like you know it was a real g- a a a effort. Try, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Speaking of friendship, welcome to the Song Topsy Report, everyone. Not just any episode. This is a very special, complimentary episode of the Song Topsy Report. Mm, for for true, for true. Because Mr. Mike Russell has MrMikeRussell.com up and running. Which means that he won the bet that was established a few episodes back, where Mr. Trollinger now has to compliment Mike throughout this episode. Cannot make any jokes at his expense. It's a uh, it's a real pleasure. Uh, it was it was a it was a great bet. You know, uh, two very distinct individuals with talents that deserve to be shown to the masses. And uh, you know, I just happened to get mine up first, but it doesn't say anything bad about Steve. And I think Steve really enjoyed my website when he checked it out. Isn't that right, Steve? M- Mike, you, uh, you. I want to say this right now that you're you're really good at getting it up first. <laughs> oh yeah, <I> am. <laughs> you're, you're, you're really you're really good at it. You're even setting Mike up for the kind of jokes you know he'll love. Uh, the ladies love his style. <laughs> God, it's killing him, Nick. I don't think he'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's your tears of happiness. <laughs> Welcome to the Song Tops Report, everyone. <laughs> the episode that we have uh, in store for you today, well, actually, I had heard this song a very long time ago. Like, actually, so the, the song I'm about to listen to is one of the first songs I ever downloaded off of iTunes. Ever? Ever. I remember it because the first time I was, you know, as, as, a, as a youngster, was on iTunes exploring the vast array of music that was at my disposal. The first thing I found was an, uh, I don't remember how I even found this, but I found an old Arnold Schwarzenegger workout CD from the 80s, which was comedy gold. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, just like with like 80s, like it's raining men in the background and him going, and lift one up, down, up, <laughs> down. And it was fantastic. And a suggested, like, you know, customers also bought was William Shatner uh, in The Transformed Man. Wow. Which is the album that our... Steve, you can <laughs> that, still talk. That, that, like, you don't, you, it's you don't very have to hard. just... <laughs> my, just, my first just album... Like, just like Mike's penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, 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 like right now? Oh, like right all, now? Like all Mike... the time? <laughs> that doesn't sound healthy. <clears throat> he can control it at will. It's fine. <laughs> He chooses to. Oh, tell me more about my penis, Steve. <laughs> I'm smells, isolating that audio clip. It smells of roses. <laughs> In the springtime? No, it's not. He just sprinted here. It does not smell like roses. Yeah, I wouldn't even say that about my junk, man. I know it's a freaking it's a sweat pit down there. It's uh. Wait, so, wait. So you had, you had? I'm just gonna get us off the subject. Wait, so uh, so you so you so you had one. You had the the Schwarzenegger thing. 
and it and it recommended this to you. So it's like it's like the Columbia Record House from Hell is what you're saying. <laughs> Essentially, yes. No, it, 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 hey, it was, I see you like piece. I see you like like piece of shit albums. Here's some more that you can order for one cent a piece through our recording uh, uh, subscription. Because if you want to hear music that you can laugh at, there's a comedy album section on iTunes. But if you want that sweet unintentional humor that only the likes of an amazing American—well, not even American—Canadian treasure like William Shatner can provide. He's Canadian American, I think. Is he Canadian American? I think he's got dual citizenship. Oh. I feel like you'd have to at this point, but regardless, uh, way, way back in 1968, when William Shatner was right kind of smack dab in the middle of doing Star Trek, he, re- he wanted to capitalize on this and recorded an album. But now, I feel like most celebrities would record a cover album, you know, of just basic, simple songs, but William Shatner's not about that. Mm-mm. He's he, He's a step above. He did... A cover of Mr. Tambourine Man, originally written by Bob Dylan, and he he provided his own Shatnerian twist on it, which uh well have a listen. Uh, Mr. Tambourine Man Are you okay? I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. It 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 was like it was like he was in the middle of adapting the song and thought, you know what this song needs is three to four middle eights. It's got an it doesn't have enough bridges in the song. There's got to be at least three or four. I can't I, launch right into the song. It's got to sound like there's not, at least three songs. Not launch into it. Not. Sing it in any way, shape, or form. Speak, talk it, but don't even do that with like a normal human cadence. Mister, 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 Mister Tambourine Man. I really love the backup singers, though. You know, yeah. it's in an, it's kind of like a lullaby, a little. Really? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, well, because like he's not sleepy, but it sounds like Mister Tambourine Man comes when it's time to go to bed. Well, yeah. it's just funny you say that because by the end of the song, it is nightmare-inducing. It, it it's quickly spirals into a descent of madness and chaos. I just I picture the the bat that that chorus coming in. I'm just picturing him on a on a stage on a stool, single spotlight on him. To the side of him, there's another spotlight on a small choir of like singers, like like uh, gospel singers. They're in they're, they're in robes and whatnot, and then he launches into these lyrics. And every time there's an awkward pause once he's done, but he hasn't let them in on how the song is, how he's changed the song. So there's just this awkward pause where they're all looking at each other really weird. Just, are we, su- it, are we supposed it, to sing? We're supposed to sing? I think we should sing now, yeah. Huh? Is it? Hey, <laughs> and as the song gets progressively more unhinged and disturbing, they're just losing, they're just, they don't want to be there anymore. They, I, do you? Did you know this was going to happen? I didn't know. <laughs> Just nervous muttering, like, I don't know, is he okay? Like, why is he doing that? Oh, hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. By the end of the song, they're all gone. They've yes. just been walking up the stage slowly. Just William Shatner losing his mind on a single spotlight. <laughs> just screaming at the sky. Like. But it's very odd because, so this song was originally written by Bob Dylan in 1965. 
Uh, and well, when you hear his version, it has this very sweet kind of sing-songy, you know, typical Bob Dylan feel to it. It's Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. So that came out 1965, and then literally two weeks after that, um, the Birds did a cover of it and released it on their album. Like they had been coordinated, like they, like Bob Dylan wrote the song for his album. Um, he'd been performing it live, I believe, and then the Birds also recorded a version. But the way it timed out, uh, they released within two weeks of each other. Were they friends? I think so. Yeah, yeah they, 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 were, the they, they kind of operated in the same circles. Uh, so the Birds recorded their version. I was just going to play you that because uh, William Shatner's cover is more based on the Birds version than it is on Bob Dylan's. Bob Dylan's has some extra verses. Uh, it's a lot longer. The Birds is a little bit more succinct. So this is the Birds version of Mr. Tambourine Man. I just, I just want to like, you know, like whip out my piece, throw up the peace sign, you know, like have a nice hippie chick and just, you know, just play a tambourine. Why did I think something different when you said I throw out my piece or whip out my piece? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, you did word that in a way that was questionable, but (laughs) that's merely, I merely, I merely saying, uh, stating a, a, a fact that it was confusing. To us momentarily, but you quickly recovered, and and we are all uh, uh, now uh, aware of what you were trying to get to. Now it's important. So this, I believe, is the first cover song that we're doing. So it's important to kind of figure out what Bob Dylan's original intention was to see how uh, William Shatner provided his own very unique spin on it. So there is an encyclopedia, literally on every Bob Dylan song that was ever written, uh, and they go into great depth. So from this book. Uh, there's a discussion on what Bob Dylan's intent was behind Mr. Tambourine Man. Quote, uh, has- Everyone knows, Nick. Look, you don't even have to. Everyone knows. You might be surprised. Everyone knows. I was shocked by number six. Everyone <laughs> everyone knows that uh, Bob Dylan's original inspir- inspiration for Mr. Tambourine Man was his neighbor, John Tambourine Man. Everyone, <laughs> everyone knows the song is based on a real man. Uh, that lived next door to him. He was a traveling troubadour. He was. It's very much like it was very much like the creation of Kramer on uh, on Seinfeld. Uh, it was it was a, a real person, John Tambourine, uh, who would often play songs for Bob Dylan because he was trying to break into the business. And he and he was homebound a lot because he's, just, he's always like, "There's no place I'm going to." He was so. he was tripping balls almost constantly. <laughs> okay, now you're getting closer. Okay, good. Well, no, according to from the I thought book, that was real, <laughs> Mr. Tambourineman. Yeah, John Tambourineman is listening. Attorney to at this law, right now, Esquire, and he's glad that we're finally getting the truth out. Yes, for too long he's been ignored. Too long he's been slamming that tambourine. Yes, ironically, and just pounding it. I won't be ignored. Anyway. From the book, quote, there's been speculation that the song is about, and this will blow your mind, about drugs such as LSD or marijuana, particularly with lines such as, quote, take me on a trip upon your magic swirling ship. 
the smoke rings come to mind. However, Dylan has always denied the song is about drugs, and though he was using marijuana at the time the song was written, he was not introduced to LSD until a few months later. Other commentators have interpreted the song as a call to the singer's spirit or muse, or the singer's search for transcendence. So... I'm, I, look, I'm not a I'm not a heavy drug user in the sense that I don't take any of them. You don't have to lie for the podcast. <laughs> it's okay, Steve. I feel like given our, the stuff we've talked about already, I would not be I would not be considered the shame of the group if I were to come out and if I had to lie about taking drugs. Um, but I, given my limited awareness of them, I'm pretty sure pot doesn't engender a psychedelic experience that would enable the writing of this song it just kind of makes you feel good right like Uh, it's not it's not like oh be careful of taking too much pot you'll start to see things the world around you will melt down with base components um well okay so funny story okay so um i'm sure it will be one mike a very funny hilarious story uh, and steve's quite right i mean regular weed you know it's all right feels good but man there's some other stuff, like when the fake weed came out. I remember when the fake weed first came out, okay? Um, and we were all like, hey, this is cool. This is legal. This is fair. This is like, you know, we're not breaking the law. Was it legal? It was. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. We don't Judas Priest next. It, it's not anymore, Nick. In fact, it's killed a lot of people. Um, but <laughs> it was the... Synthetic uh, marijuana has killed a lot of people, the you sy- said? Yeah, the synthetic stuff, yeah. I, did, I didn't know that. I, I'm not a news person, really. I, I'm glad you were here to tell me that, Mike. Yeah, I'm just saying, when it first came out, when they first were like, hey, these are just, like, scented stuff, and you're like, oh, my God, this is just, like, this is real weed. So we would, dude, I turned into a 70s camera. It was crazy. Like, everything you looked like... You turned into a 70s camera? Like, in my brain. Okay. Like, so as I was I thought you imagined thing, yourself on a shelf as a camera from the 70s. Like, I can't move! I'm an inanimate <laughs> object! No, that was when I took Salvia. Um, actually, that was my friend who was the boat, and I turned into a cartoon and fell off the universe. That was um, that was like you do. And then I cried. But that wasn't Pot that did it, right? No, no, that was the okay. Salvia. Yeah. Okay, so this is- back, it harkens back to my point about what Pot does to you. No, in conclusion, it's uh, it's a miracle that Bob Dylan survived his weed experience. But so regardless, that, that the, the original Mr. Tambourine Man, and we'll hear more of the lyrics later on, uh, but that was kind of the original intention. Possibly about drugs, but according to uh, Bob Dylan, not necessarily. So three years after Bob Dylan and the Birds record their respective versions of Mr. Tambourine Man, uh, William Shatner records an entire album called The Transformed Man that includes covers, but not just normal covers. Every single song in this album begins with William Shatner doing a monologue from some great work of fiction that then transitions into a cover of a pop song, like uh, Spleen slash Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, or Hamlet, It Was a Very Good Year. (laughs) What people fail to realize about the great Bill Shatner... Billy Shat, as his friends call him. ...is his his amazing theatrical pedigree. In Canada, he he was... In Canada, he he acted... he, he He did Shakespeare... Um, there's a, a, you know, the actor Christopher Plummer. I do. Uh, the two of them work together on uh, on many uh, many uh, Shakespearean plays, uh, of which there is some video of you can find. Um, which is why uh, he he was in Undiscovered Country because he wanted to work with. Uh, he had he had it had been a long time since he worked for Christopher Plummer, and they needed oh. they needed a, a good Klingon because there hadn't <laughs> been enough Klingons. Uh. 
uh, in the Star Trek movies up until then. But Undiscovered Country ended the original movie series on a fairly okay note. Yes, I I enjoyed Undiscovered Country. Yeah. But is that go forth and yonder feast <laughs> with you? Is that <laughs> Is that what it is? Go forth and yonder. Go forth and yonder. That is 100% it, right. Right, it, right, Steve? It's right. It It is. No, I can still correct him. No, there's I can, nothing to correct. I can still correct him. So, so the 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 initial the initial uh, the initial uh, uh, one is uh, uh, live long and prosper, and then the respondent says peace and long life. Ah, you were so close. Oh, I you know <laughs> you you almost had it. This close. <laughs> this this close. But no, what was your point about uh, William Shatner as a Shakespearean actor? I'm saying people, you you were getting ready to to malign this great great performer because he sought to meld his shakespearean experiences with that of what was then modern day music modern day music well as steve alluded to william shatner did have an idea behind this album uh that the context quote uh this was from i believe an interview with billboard uh shatner said quote the idea was to take classical literature and put music behind it, perform it, and then segue into literature of the present day, which were some of those uh, pop songs that had good words to it, and of course music, so that the material in classic literature would either affirm the meaning of the song or be in contrast to the song. For example, Cyrano de Bergerac's speech ends, I may climb to no great heights, but I will climb alone. That's the end of this famous speech. Uh, and then it segues into the drug song, Mr. Tambourine Man, of a man who can't climb alone, who needs the sustenance of a drug. So that is literally the reason why William Shatner performs the song in the very idiosyncratic way that he does, uh, as we will hear. Uh, he basically believes Mr. Tambourine Man is like his drug dealer. That's the only kind of interpretation I can understand. I mean, the song... All right, the song... I've I, I heard the whole song. It, it does sound like something a crazy homeless man would be shouting at himself while walking down the street and seeing things in people that aren't there. That is... That description is 99.5% as close I can get to, just, to, to this song. Well, why don't we try to confirm that That's a little bit? True. Very, very rarely are we, the listeners, given the boon of hearing someone slip into madness. It's usually like an academic before and after he's sane and now he's not kind of thing. You never really get to see someone lose all connection with reality in such a short amount of time as this song. I can't set up the song any better than that. Well, no, I was going to say, let's let's see if that's true. So you're on the one train. I'm not sleepy here. And there is no place I'm going to. We're going uptown, man. You all right? <laughs> yes, at this point... <laughs> He's just shaking and scratching an itch that he doesn't actually have. At this point, if you're sitting next to him, you, you, you might want to slide like just one spot over if that's available. So, this song actually plays a very important part in the perception of William Shatner. Because William Shatner, I don't know how to say this kindly because i mean it i honestly don't mean it in an offensive way but he's not really taken seriously he's kind of treated as like this over the top not serious i mean this might be blasphemy the hell you say i've never heard of this description of william shatner before well so william shatner he 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 wanted this album to be like a serious compare contrast classic literature contemporary pop but 
to make sense of his batshit crazy performance, you need to buy into the fact that the theme from Cyrano perfectly lines up with Mr. Tambourine Man, which I think is debatable at best. So William Shatner performed this song on Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show, performed it. Wow. And... And it was, he, it was the end of anyone ever taking him seriously ever again. Yes, that is exactly what he said, because he didn't get to perform. So the theme from Cyrano slash Mr. Tambourine Man is six minutes and 48 seconds long. They said, we don't have enough time for you to play all of that. So you can only play the Mr. Tambourine portion of it. So William Shatner chose not to redo his performance of it, which maybe he shouldn't have felt obliged to. He is an artist. So he just did his Insane performance with no prior context on the Tonight Show. Uh, it, it wasn't tr- it wasn't Trek that killed him. It was this song. It wasn't the two seasons worth of him getting into shirtless contests of strength with poorly made up actors in rubber suits. It wasn't that at all. It was this. That was just pinnacle TV in the sixties. Exactly. <laughs> well, he actually said about that experience. He said, "Quote." He was given six minutes. We only have time for three, Shatner remembers. So I did the three-minute cut of the song, and I looked over Johnny Carson while I was doing it, and I saw him mouthing, what the fuck? That's one of the stories I tell, and from that moment on, nobody took me seriously, and I couldn't take myself very seriously. This is what William, This was the moment. This was his watershed moment yeah. where he became the William Shatner we know. The transformed man was Created by a man who took himself way too seriously. <laughs> the transformed man transformed the man. Exactly. Well, would you say this perhaps maybe this was exactly what he needed? Because he took himself too seriously and instead he just had to do some you know, this 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 fuck up, this this uh this this failure in someone's eyes where you know he was trying something so meaningful turned into him. Fully transforming into the full William Shatner that he was today. So it was, I think it was the best thing that happened in his career. This was the cocoon of the Shatner life cycle. Uh, Let's jump back on this one train, though, with Mr. Shatner. In the jingle, jangle morning, I'll come following you. Take me on a trip on your magic swirling ship. That's when he shits himself. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you remember last summer that woman who peed her pants on the subway and like let the cockroaches out? That very well just could have been William Shatner or whoever this guy is. You'll have to be more specific. Which time? (laughs) Yeah, which, which time someone pissed themselves and let cockroaches and crickets out? Steve, I love your rendition of the lip sync version of this. Yeah, Steve is yeah, acting it out. Nothing, nothing better for a completely uh, audio medium than lip syncing and acting out a song. Yeah, that's why our podcast idea for lip sync battle just didn't work. No, <laughs> we also got hit with all those lawsuits because we were just playing songs. <laughs> so William Shatner is performing the song in the way he's performing it because he. he uh, the only way I can understand, based on what he said is that he sees whoever Mr. Tambourine Man is as his drug dealer, and he needs the drugs. This is like the climbing out of your depression or whatever is what he deemed uh, Cyrano to be about. He's equating that to Mr. Tambourine Man. Yo, I can't wait, Nick, 
all right, with the way the future's going and stuff and the way that like things are getting implanted in our brains and with yeah. VR, I think soon we're going to have drugs that are accessible via noise, right through the ear holes. And I hope it's via tambourines. How great would that be? Like, you start jingling your tambourine, you just start tripping. You know what I mean? Like, Mike, you were a visionary for the future. The world we live in will be built upon your ideas. Man, Steve, thanks. Hail Mike. Hail Mike. <laughs> Hail Mike! Hail Mike! Hail Mike! Hail Mike! Hail Mike and his tambourine drugs. Great people of Tamburinia! uh, Wait, wait, hold on. I can actually add to what he's saying. Go on. Because sound can be, uh, sound can be used to elicit emotional responses, which we all know, which we all know, and alter moods. Uh, there's, um, you could, you could use, you could, I actually wrote a sci-fi short story once where someone used sound to take control of the minds of others. Uh, based his on name was Mike Russell. Based on, re, based on actual research I did. So I, I, his, he's the nicest, all right, the actual nicest thing I can say about him. No, these fake nice things. Not the fake nice things. The actual nicest thing I can say about him is that he's in this one instance, he's not totally crazy. Science, bitches. <laughs> Esteemed Professor Mike Russell, I also like how my 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 backing up of my crazy statement was I did research one time for a sci-fi short story I wrote, so that means it's hundred percent true. I like having Steve in my corner. This is uh, mm. soak it in. <laughs> but let's hear a little bit more about how William Shatner's uh, descent into. Drug-fueled insanity, which once again is the only interpretation I have that makes sense to me. Senses have been stripped. My hands can't feel to grip. My toes... Stop touching me, too man! Too numb to step. Wait only for my boot heels to be <laughs> wandering. Just pawing at some woman's coat. <laughs> the pauses are so awkward. <laughs> And Between him speak mumbling and then the poor other people in the recording booth who have to record the chorus. I just imagine the bongo player just like with his mouth open like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the whole chorus. It's just, are we going to go? We're going to go now? We go now? It's been, it's been more than eight notes. We go now? It's been, it's been. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. Why are you 10 octaves up? That's, that's <laughs> Steve's got a hell of a falsetto. He's trying to very subtly show his range off for the yeah. podcast. For all those, all of those, all those Broadway producers out there who listen to this podcast. I'm ready to go anywhere. Why does that sound threatening? <laughs> like, okay, sorry, this is my stop. I've got to leave. I'm ready to go anywhere. Go ahead, Mike. Say what you're going to say. Have you been this person on the train at some point? Uh, well, I've been this person on the bus, but <laughs> that doesn't... that's even worse. <laughs> well, right, well, listen. Oh uh, no, it doesn't have anything to do with tambourine mans or stops. It was just dealt with. Have you ever been attacked verbally yes. by an entire bus full of people? No. Um, the only way to win, folks, is to go full crazy. You have to, <laughs> especially when you're alone. Well, specifically when you're alone. I was alone on a bus. What did you do that prompted this? Outrage! What 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 did you do that united a whole bunch of strangers in a public place against one common enemy? All right, that's very impressive. You can't get a group of people together about any issue these days. Yeah. So that's very impressive. 
I did unite the, the these people of Albany on this on this bus back to campus. Uh, something ha- this girl said something rude to me. I, I'll say it was uncalled for, although I was slightly intoxicated, so it, it, it's up for debate. But that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so she starts laying into me, and I'm just like, and then all of a sudden she's with a bunch of these dudes, and they're like, yeah, man, blah blah blah, and I'm like. Oh, and then like I started trying to say some stuff, and they're like, "Well, you're all by yourself. Nobody, you got no friends." And I was like, and I was sitting with an empty seat, and I was like, you know what? This guy's with me, and fucking me and Ralph, man, we took on the whole bus. And dude, but next thing you know, people are turning around. They're like, "Who's this crazy guy yelling at this chick and these these dudes?" And then the whole bus started chanting, "Kick him off!" And me and Ralph, we made it, man. We made it back to campus. And uh, I'll say we got a few good jabs in. Oh uh, they God. couldn't hear what he was saying, so I had to, uh, you know, clarify. Well, what did Ralph? What did Ralph, you translate it for Ralph? <laughs> yeah. What was Ralph saying? Oh man, well he said, "Oh yeah, you dudes are all defending this chick, but only one of you is gonna get to bang her." So what the fuck's up with that? And they were like, "Oh, it was kind of funny and not really, I guess." <laughs> but listen, you know, Ralph. Ralph has a crazy. He's a crazy guy, you know. Just, <laughs> Mike, I have a very serious question for you. Is Ralph still here with you? No, man, come on. Listen, like I said, the only way to win sometimes, you got to go full crazy. Whether or not you're actually crazy or you got to make it appear crazy. I feel like if you voluntarily go that crazy, it kind of just makes you full crazy. (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Listen, you try getting, like, teamed up on by yourself by eight people. You got to, you resort to, uh... No, to be uh, honest, I I have never, I've never been in that position where I've, I've been teamed up on by a whole bus. So, who knows what I would do? Maybe, maybe maybe I would find Steve, Ralph. Steve, oh wait, Steve, what do you think about all this? I don't know what Steve's gonna say, but I feel like it's gonna be nothing but compliments. You are a master storyteller, Mike. I followed along that story, despite the complete absence of uh, uh, character names or specific nouns. I followed along, uh, and was satisfied with the conclusion of the story. Uh, you are, you're a winner in my book, Mike. You, you're a winner. You know what the, the most awkward part was? Not the chanting of the bus and not all the people attacking me and not the imaginary friend I had to make up, but I had to have brunch with this girl two days later. Wait. She happened to know my nephew's sweet mate. It was crazy. Did, how, how did that go down? Did, she, did you just pretend you didn't recognize each other? Oh, well, I didn't recognize her. I couldn't remember her face. Like, I was, you know, <laughs> I just was pretty drunk. I was why, drunk? Sh- <laughs> how, why should they expect him to remember her face, okay? People, look, drunk people in this country get a bad rap. They are, they are, uh, they are frowned upon and judged by all of us sober folk who take public transportation 100% sober, and we do not give enough thought to their lifestyle and their well-being and i for one am sick of it steve just coming to the justice of all the yes the poor forsaken abused junks in this world because they're sick of it too that's why they're always throwing up <laughs> sick of it i get you nick that was that was a super shitty addition to that bit nick that didn't it it didn't add anything to it it was half-assed i'm i'm gonna slap 
that smile off of your face when I get a chance. Oh, sure. You can slap the smile off my face, but Ralph here's got my back, and Ralph is going to beat the shit out of you. Guys, I don't know if you knew this right now, but Ralph has been silently sitting next to me during this whole recording, just glaring at Steve, And because we're close, man. We, me and Ralph are close. We've known each other since SUNY when I met him when Mike introduced me to him. Oh, Ralph, long time no say, buddy. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Ralph says hi back, but you already knew that, because we can hear him, and Steve can't. I'm not trapped in here with you, Steve. You're trapped in here with us. <laughs> Steve has taken his headphones off <laughs> and is walking out of the room. And oh, he's gone. Oh wow. Uh, I guess Ralph. I guess you're gonna have to step in and record the rest of the podcast. Yeah, we got a set of headphones. Oh, Steve broke them though. Oh God, what a. Hey guys, it's me, Ralph. Oh my God, Ralph is here. Oh, guys, how you been doing a podcast? You've been talking about me, man. I've been listening. You guys are the greatest. Oh, thanks, Ralph. Yeah. No problem. Mike, my friend Mike here. Remember we got in that rumble on that bus? Oh yeah, man. You remember the whole crowd was yelling at us? Oh man, fuck that bitch. Oh, fuck that bitch. Oh, Ralph's catchphrase. <laughs> fuck that bitch. Nick. I've not known you as long as I've known Mike, but I I can tell you're a beautiful person on the inside and out. Thank you, Ralph. Oh, my God. Well, listen, Ralph, we're talking about a William Shatner song that describes an incident that we feel is very similar to what you and Mike got into. Oh, man, I love William Shatner. He speaks to me on a level I couldn't comprehend before. Listen, Ralph, here, we're going to play a little bit more of his song, and I'm curious to hear your input. Let's do it! I'm ready for the fade into my own parade. Cast your dancing spell my way. I promise to go under it. Now, Ralph, was that kind of how Mike was behaving on that bus? Oh, man, that's poetry. Poetry in motion. That's what we call Mike around the house. We live together, too. I don't know if you know that. Oh, Mike, I, I did not know that. You found a roommate. I did. You know, he can't pay rent, but don't worry about it, Ralph. You know, he's still looking for a job out there. It's tough business. Hey, yeah. it's a tough world out there for folks like you and me, eh, Mike? Mm, that's right, Ralph. He doesn't even need a bed, even. Oh, man, this song, I look, I heard this song first back in 1935. I'm immortal, by the way. <laughs> wow, immortal Ralph. Yeah, it's, man, it has its ups and downs, but here's the thing about... Whoa, wait, wait, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Die, Ralph! Ralph! Oh, my oh, God! Oh, sir! Oh, my oh, God! Oh, God, no! Oh, blood! The Ralph! Blood is Ralph, everywhere. Ralph, 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 no! Ralph! Steve, get off Ralph. him! Did you fucking try to replace me on no, the podcast no, with no, Ralph? No, no, no. Listen, though, man, if I if I can be honest, Ralph was being really supportive and was not calling my ideas stupid you know and what? was just being a real good team player. Well, then he certainly deserved to die then, didn't he, Nick? Get on with the podcast. If you ever try to replace me again, Ralph's fate will be your own. See, I can't record while I'm still looking at Ralph's battered corpse. Where did you find a mini golf putter? I'm bringing around town with me. You never know when someone's going to invite you to mini golf. I thought he was immortal. I will say this. Immortal means long lived. It doesn't mean you can't die, Nick. All right, get it straight. He's not eternal. He can't die of natural causes, but he can sure as hell be beaten to death with a putter. Steve has certainly proved the alpha of this podcast uh, by murdering any replacement that has tried to come in for him. Now let's get on with the show. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? I, I really would have liked to hear Ralph's contribution, but this is really the part where William Shatner fully descends into madness. He was he was just kind of like a quirky, offbeat, crazy I have no idea what that's train. like. 
It's just you and him on the train now. I'm not sleepy and there is no place I'm going to. Okay, man. Okay. He slowly lowers himself onto the floor of the train. <laughs> Pouncing position. Jingle. Jingle morning. I'll come following you. Do you think he, for a moment, envisions himself as like, what's the jingle jangle morning? I just can't. I keep thinking it's Christmas time. Like, in or, the jingle or jangle. is it jingle jangle because the tambourine goes jingle jangle? I think it's that. But once again, just just really quickly, just to juxtapose, this was the original version. Pretty based on. Oh, you mean it's a song? <laughs> yes, it's music. It's, it's, it's music, music with singing and and instruments. You mean? But like, how did this? Turn into this dystopian, trippy, nightmare, like, horror movie soundtrack. Look, Nick, William Shatner is an artist, okay? And artists, like him and me, not you two, but him and me. Oh, man, I'm not an artist. That almost sounded like not a compliment for It wasn't a compliment, but it also wasn't uh, purposefully designed to make him feel bad. I'll let that one slide. Okay. So... (laughs) Artists like like Bill and I, I can call him Bill, because you're close like that. Yeah. Artists like Bill and I see the world in a different way, all right? What you call a first-degree murder of an invisible, immortal man, I call divine retribution and justice. What you call a jingle-jangle mix-up of, of, of uh, drug-induced half-singing, I call an artistic interpretation of a... Of, of a Poorly written song. He had so little to work with, but he saw what other people refused to see. So this is Bob Dylan's fault. Of course it's Bob Dylan's fault. Goddamn Bob Dylan. I would argue your point, though, just made Bob Dylan the truly tremendous artist because he wrote a song that has so many multifaceted angles to it that uh, Bob Dylan can record his version, the birds can record a totally different version, and William Shatner... I, I suppose the artist that he is found this dark, twisted, junkie-esque angle to it that that transformed it into what it is today that we're listening to. A crazy person on the one train, rambling and now crouched down, ready to pounce on the only other person on this train. You're saying that's the... I'm saying, I'm saying the man is an artist, and he, 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 he can get at the heart of of this song and bring something out of it that wasn't intended but was what it should have been all along. Well, it's a, so the song is almost over, but the last 20 seconds of the song are unbelievable. <laughs> way, to set, way to set this up, Nick. I, We're definitely not holding high expectations I, of what's going to happen at the end of the song. Oh, we, we can do that because this is the end of Mr. Tambourine Man. Tambourine Man. Mr. Tambourine Man. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man! (laughs) And he shits himself again. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) (laughs) And all the other cars were full on that subway, so you're the one person that's got to deal with the stank. This is is the one train in the middle of summer 
on the one car that doesn't have air conditioning. That's why nobody else is on the train. And someone pulled the emergency brakes and now it's stuck between 42nd Street and 34th Street. So, <laughs> inside New Yorker jokes. <laughs> so that's where it... Uh, to be honest, I, I think part of the humor is just Mr. Tambourine Man is such a innocuous description of someone that sounds like a, a character who would appear on Sesame Street. And the fact that he's screaming this at the top of his lungs, like he's... Like I said, like I think he's his drug dealer. Like he, he like uh, <laughs> It's just <laughs> insanity, and I love it. I, 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 I agree. I agree that it is... That I, I also love it. Good. Good. Why did we I do would, this episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have loved to have heard, heard Ralph's perspective on it, but Ralph is dead. Oh, would you have? Oh, I would have. Ralph. Oh, oh really? You, you would have rather heard what Ralph had to say. Wait, Nick, Nick. Oh, my God, put the putter down. Put the putter down. Put it back in his carcass. Oh, God. Thank God. Continue with the show, Nick. He would have wanted it this way, Nick. He, he, he would have wanted to be beaten to death by a golf putter. He loved mini golf. Well, listen, there is only one other section I wanted, wanted to show you guys. Because remember how I mentioned how he had a William Shatner had a disastrous performance on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I scoured all over YouTube to try to find any kind of clip of this, and it didn't exist. But. But? In the depths of Vimeo, I found a little something. So... This is this was a moment in history because, like I said, this was the moment that William Shatner kind of became the William Shatner that he was known for. So, not the whole thing, but on Vimeo, I found like the first like 10, 15 seconds and the last 30 seconds of his performance of this on Johnny Carson. Oh, shit! Now, once again, William Shatner did not have... He was not able to play the first half of it, which in his mind would have made it make total sense, even though it's batshit insanity. <laughs> but uh, this is William Shatner... On Johnny Carson performing Mr. Tambourine Man. So it's gonna be the beginning and then cut to the end. Mr. Tambourine Man. In a jingle, jangle morning, I'll come following you. And laughing! Hey. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. Shatner actually discovered something with this though, where where the where things are when things are so like not melodramatic and like not supposed to be. Yes, to juxtapose. The, the to, juxtapo yeah. juxtaposition is hilarious. You know, it's like it because you know sometimes comedy is like when, when you're uncomfortable or like things aren't like fitting right. Yeah. So like it it really I mean. Despite going kind of against probably what he was aiming for, you think <laughs> turned out to be something that was like comedic gold. Well, also props to him because he is he is not being phased by the fact that everyone is laughing at this. Yes, he's he. I'm, you're watching it and you're watching him fully commit to it, despite the fact that everyone in the audience is having the opposite reaction they that are, he expected. Yes. But as a, that's that's not in the audience. What what were you supposed to? Do? What, how were you supposed to react to that? It's like, oh man, well, I didn't know William Shatner was such a brilliant comedian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bill. 
I love that Johnny Carson went, what the fuck? Because <laughs> you can see that. Oh, that was wild. Some weird, weird, wild stuff. What the fuck was that? <laughs> no, but now here's the thing. So William Shatner at this point was peak in the middle of Star Trek. Yes! <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't not do the Ed McMahon part after we did the Johnny Carson. <laughs> Weird, wild stuff, wouldn't you say, Ed? Yes, sir! <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up shit! <laughs> uh, so William Shatner was right in the middle of the original Star Trek run. This was 1968. He was playing Captain Kirk, and they really wanted to bank on the Captain Kirk aspect of it. In fact, on the album cover for The Transformed Man, it says, William Shatner, and then right under it, uh, Captain Kirk on Star Trek. So, it was winding down, though. Now... There's not much else to say about this song. We wanted to do like some kind of, um, you know, some kind of eulogy or just some kind of discussion on this. But what we actually unearthed is something far more incredible. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you know this, but Steve and I were discussing. We found a clip from a season three episode of the original Star Trek. It's a, it's a clip of William Shatner from an unaired episode that nobody ever saw. Uh, discussing what he, I, he wrote and directed. Yes, it. he wrote and directed this episode. Discussing what I think ended up being, you know inspired by his performance of Mr. Tambourine Man. Uh, Steve, I don't know if you have any other information about this episode. No, no. I, uh, it's, uh, it never got aired. This was towards the, towards the latter part of the series when he was getting really, really into having artistic control and he wanted full control over. So he finally, they, the producers were like, all right, whatever, and gave him an episode to write and direct that never aired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, right now we're going to play that clip uh, from that episode. Let me, just, let, let me just load it up here. Hang on one sec, and... Captain's log, Stardate, 1968.014. I've traveled back in time yet again to Earth circa 1968, the San Francisco Bay Area to be precise. It is both strange and familiar all at once, and its people even more so. Their customs intrigue me, and I'd be remiss if I didn't take advantage of this extraordinary opportunity to see and explore my now alien home world. Upon conversing with the natives, I became acquainted with a substance known as LSD. Its effects are unknown to me, and having not immediately felt them, judged it to be an incorrect dosage. Having six since doubled it, I can feel my senses being stripped. My hands can't feel to grip my toes, too numb to step. A man playing some sort of ancient instrument has appeared to me as some kind of spirit guide, but the path he leads me on is dark and full of horrors. When I look to him to ask why, he transformed into a mighty Gorn, forcing me to engage him in battle. Remembering my Starfleet Academy training, I attacked him with the standard wild swinging haymaker, followed by an overhand axe handle blow. <laughs> but these did not phase the tambourine man. I find myself disappearing down the foggy ruins of time, Past the haunted, frightened trees. My God, it's spinning out of control. Mr. Tambourine Man, help. There's something on the wing. Some thing. <laughs> Scotty, Bones, do something. Anyway, Mr. Chekhov, Mr. Spock, Mr. Tambourine Man. <laughs> and yeah, that, that, that was the only clip that we were able to find from that episode. Dark oh, stuff, wow. dark, disturbing stuff. Wow, everyone. he was in a yeah, yeah, he was in a dark place. He really when he went wrote off the deep end yeah. at the very end of that. <laughs> I can't 
can't imagine why that didn't go to air. I know. God, it was so beautifully performed. Freaking brilliant. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, uh, Master Thespian William Shatner. Truly uh, did not get the appreciation he deserved. Uh, but that is Mr. Tambourine Man, or at least that is William Shatner's cover of Mr. Tambourine Man. Uh, and that other passenger on the one train was never seen again. <laughs> That's what happens when you take the one train into the Bronx. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, once again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can follow us on our Facebook page, on our Twitter page, uh, at thesongtopsyreport.com. Uh, and you what, can... what is our Twitter page called? Uh, How can someone achieve that Twitter page? They can go to Songtopsy Report and listen to the podcast. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we we love your feedback. We love your comments, your reviews. We love hearing about your imaginary friend experiences or yes. your LSD experiences, or if they overlapped. Oh, both. Yeah. <laughs> but now, in terms of this, is going to be really exciting because usually I say you can go to my website nickbreeder.com and then this is the part where Mike usually says his website is currently under construction. But today. And once again, the whole reason why Steve was so complimentary is because it is constructed, folks. Mr. Mike Russell.com. And that's Mr. MR, like the initials, MR Mike Russell.com. Uh, yeah, you can go there, check out some stuff, and uh, enjoy all that is. You're about Mike to Russell. get you're about to get hit with a huge lawsuit from Mr. Mr. Oh shit. <laughs> Where can people find you, Steve? They can find me on Twitter. At Your Man Trollo, uh, uh, with one L, capital Y, capital M, capital T, and eventually on my website at mm-hmm. stephentrollinger.com. <laughs> You're going to fucking get it next time. Uh, yeah. Just don't do to me what you did to poor Ralph. Oh. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to have to clear up. I mean, I hope the blood's gone by next week. Oh, no. You're going to wish I did to you what I did to Ralph. <laughs> Ralph's troubles are over with, Mike. Yours are going to last for a very, very long time. What an exciting transition into next episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I am Nick Brigadier. <laughs> I'm Mike Russell. And this might be the last time you get to hear Mike Russell. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Take care. Ha <laughs> <laughs>